What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Doing that, I was face-to-face with it. It was holding me by my throat, and it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, to be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll wipe religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. Welcome. I'm your host. And this is Uncomfortable. remember correctly, Tim and his daughter came up to me while I was at my booth and they they started to tell me about a very unusual sighting they had. And I wasn't quite sure what to make of it. So I, uh, I, I urged him to write down his information, get a hold of me, and uh, see if we could get this recorded for your listening enjoyment. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would please... Give an uncomfortable welcome to Tim. Tim, welcome to Uncomfortable. Hey, Eric. Um, thank you. I'm happy to be here. You know, let's get into it. I mean, you you, you guys kind of floored me. I, I I really didn't know quite what to uh, quite what to make out of what you started telling me at the uh, the West Branch conference last month. Yeah, and and you know, just a little bit of background on me. I've I spend a lot of time in the woods. I'm um, a hunter, a fisher, just a, I, I generally am enthusiastic about wildlife and being outside. Mm-hmm. So I spend a lot of time there. So uh, what what I saw, what my daughter saw, puzzled us as well. Um, so I'll start with what happened this past February when my daughter was over visiting our house. And she left somewhere about darkish you know about about dark time it was you know 30 minutes before dark getting getting dark and about 10 minutes after she left 
she called me kind of frantic, excited, and jokingly said, I think I just saw a chupacabra. And I, you know, I was like, what, you know, what are you talking about? (laughs) And she explained an animal that crossed the road in front of her. It came out of a garbage can as if it had been eating in a garbage can or something and crossed the road in front of her. And she explained it as being kind of, uh, kind of tall and lanky with longer back legs, um, uh, a goat like head with, with pointed ears. And she said it kind of looked like it maybe had mange or something. Um, and I, I was like, are you sure it wasn't, you know, like a dog or something? And she said, no, dad, it was taller and it, it, it kind of walked funny. Um, and I was like, wow, that's really, that's really crazy. And it reminded me of, uh, an animal that I had saw on our road. Mind you, this is about from the place where I had the encounter and where she had the encounter is about two and a half miles away. Um, the way the crow flies. Do you mind, do you mind giving us a little more detail on, on where this happened? This was in Lapeer County. Um, Lapeer County, Michigan, correct? Yep, Lapeer County, Michigan, just north of of I-69, about three miles north of the Elba exit. Okay, now I I recognize the name Lapeer, but I I can't place where it is in the state. Would this happen to be anywhere near the Ann Arbor area? No, we are about 25 minutes east of Flint. Okay. The reason I ask is because I believe, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, um, somewhere around 2010, in the area of Ann Arbor, there was a, a reported sighting of the chupacabra. Really? Yeah. Huh. I'm I'm 100 percent certain, and and I I remember it was around the Ann Arbor area. Yeah, so we're hour and a half kind of east of Ann Arbor, northeast of Ann Arbor. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, so I'll go. So so that was February when my daughter mentioned what she'd seen, and and I was you know I was taken back to a time um, probably about twenty ten ish right in that area. I don't know for sure. I didn't write it down, but I was on my way home from work. I worked, you know, about an hour south of us. Um, I was coming home, turned onto my road, a drive I made every day. Uh-huh. And I noticed standing in the weeds on the south side of my road, uh, after just getting on the road, uh, I, I saw something standing there and I looked at it and I thought, well, that's an odd place for a baby goat to be because that's what I thought it was. I looked at it, and it had a head and a face that looked kind of like a goat, but the ears were upright, pointed up and, and pointed. And I just thought, it, I thought, wow, that's really odd. So I stopped the car, and I got out of the car, and I walked over toward the animal, and I got within probably five or six feet of it, like I was to the point where I was contemplating my next move of trying to grab it before oh, no it ran kid. away. 
Yes, that's how close I was to it. So I was, like I said, five or six feet. It's standing there in the grass. It was kind of a brownish, tannish color with kind of white, like painted white spots, almost like a pinto pony or something. Um, about two and a half feet tall from from ground to middle of its back. Um, two and a half it, feet? Yeah. That That's that's a fairly decent size. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was bigger than, I would say, bigger than a newborn whitetail fawn. Um, but, you know, uh, maybe at a, a six-month-old fawn about that size, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe 30 30 pounds maybe somewhere in that area and I noticed that his back the back legs were very very muscular and um, and angled um, the knees kind of the, the back legs kind of went back and then the at the knee it went forward towards the front of the of whatever it was and I, I just looked at it, I'm like what in the hell am I looking at right and when I went to grab it it kind of darted sideways, and I was like, well, this thing is faster than I expected it to be, right? Yeah. And then I kind of moved to, to where it moved to to try it because I was going to try and catch it, right? And when I moved the second time, it took off, and it ran across the road. It was about 25 to 30 yards off the road from where it was, and it turned, and it ran north uh, across the road and went into the woods on the other side. And the unusual thing about it, the way it ran, it, it didn't run. It kind of bounded like an antelope would, you know, like, like, or a mule deer. So huh. it didn't, didn't run like a deer, but it, it kind of bounded like a, like a mule deer or like an antelope would. And in two seconds, it was gone out of sight. And I'm left with only the memory of, of it. And, and, Scratching my head, going, "What the heck did I see?" That's that's uh, <laughs> wow, chupacabra in Michigan. Now, <laughs> let's. I, 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 I will say this though, Eric. I, I never once in in all the the thoughts, the memories, thinking about it. I never thought chupacabra. I was like, I think I saw like some kind of a hybrid deer goat thing or something. This thing did not in any way. It was docile. Didn't seem mean or aggressive. You know, it acted like any wild animal would when you got too close to it. Really. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're we're conducting this interview via phone, obviously, and and Tim and his wife are in their their vehicle currently driving. Um, and Tim, I just want to say, I sent you a picture to your phone, and if if maybe your wife could possibly pull that picture up while you're talking. Yep. Um, yeah, she's going to do that now. I'm, I'm wondering if what you see in that picture is because the hind legs are, are extremely similar to what you were describing. You know what? Uh, that is pretty close to what I saw, but what I saw had a much shorter tail. Okay. About half the length of this one. But, now, but now that, yes. that picture that I sent you was taken yep. in Ypsilanti in 2008. Okay. 
So I, I would say I would I can't really see the head that well in this picture. It's a little bit blurry. Mm-hmm. But if I saw this animal in the woods or something, I would think that looks like a, a coyote with a bit of mange is what it looks like to me. Yeah. The, but, but the, ta- if, the tail is very long in that picture. The tail is, is longer than I would ever expect it to be, yes. What about the colorization? Uh, were, are the colorings uh, at all similar? You, you, you said know, the I, one you saw had spots, yes? The one that I saw was kind of tan and, no, not, not colored like this at all. The one I saw, the thing I saw was a tan color. And like I said, if you could um, picture in your head a, a painted pony, uh, an Indian pony with kind of white painted spots on a brown horse, yeah. that's what it looked, that's what I saw it looked like. So, that, that's, I mean, that's unusual coloring for, for any, um, yes. Yeah, it, that that just that kind of blows me away, um, you know. Now, I mean, hybrids between, you know, wolves or different breeds of dog or you know, different possibly different types of foxes, perhaps um, crossbreeding. Yeah, I, I, I imagine you know, there's there's a, a number of different things that it could be, but I will say, Eric, that on. The on his the hair was very coarse and tight looking, um, kind of like uh, the hair on a horse, uh, on a short haired horse, is what it looked like to me. Did you notice? And remember, Go ahead. I was right on top of this thing. Yeah, I mean, I was close. Yeah, that's uh, that's. I mean, kudos to you for not getting out of there because I mean. You know, I, I don't know that I would put myself in within six foot of a of a uh, an apparent wild dog. You know, not knowing anything about it. You know, I mean, right. very unpredictable. And, and I, yeah, I thought it was a goat. Is what I thought. I was like, that's a weird place. Like somebody's pet goat had escaped or something. That's what I thought it was. That's so strange. Um, now, now being that close to it and, and witnessing it take off, you, you know, you described uh, the way it bounded into the um, into the wood line. And any other um, any other distinctive uh, things that you can remember about it? I mean, did it did it growl? Did you hear any kind of uh, vocalization from it? Was there was there anything any there you were, know, smell or <laughs> any, there was no smell? There was no vocalization. Um, the only thing that I can say with certainty is it was extremely fast. Like it got, it, it covered the 40 yards that it had to go from where it stood to all the way across the road into the woods and out of my sight in, like I said, like two seconds and and it was gone. And I was like, wow, what, what was that? Right. And it didn't run. Um, it did not run. You know, typically um, a deer, if he's in that situation, go side to side and, 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 you know, trying to be evasive. This thing's only evasion was straight away as fast as it could go. And it was fast. Now, have you had a, an occasion to uh, to speak to anybody else about this sighting? I uh, 
I, I, my wife is about the only one I've ever talked to about this, which is what surprised me even more when my daughter called and described this. And I was like, I looked right at my wife and I said, do you remember that thing I saw a number of years ago on our road? Right. Cause I think she's the only one I've ever talked to about it. Yeah. That's about where I was left with it, Eric. What the heck did I just see? <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, there's, there's some, uh, there's some parasitic diseases and, and, you know, mange and, and all kinds of different things that, that these creatures can get while they're in the wild. And, you know, yes. you, you said, you said about two and a half foot from from the ground to the to the back of his shoulders. That's a relatively that's a relatively tall specimen. Yes, yes. But then you indicated that it, you seemed to think that it was in the neighborhood of what thirty thirty five pounds. Uh, yeah, I would you know roughly just guessing. I'm not the best at guessing weights, but um, I, I it was a it was a very healthy looking animal oh it was you know like i said because i was oh, gonna, yeah. i was i was going to suggest that at, at about a two and a half foot at the shoulder only being 30 some pounds that it would have looked emaciated no 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 it was it was uh like i um i remember it being um very muscular like i said the hind legs were very muscular like i could see the definition in his in his legs and around his knee and um in the lower part of the legs they were they were kind of thick, um, but he did that. This animal, whatever I saw, did not in any way look unhealthy to me. Very clear in the eyes, the face. Um, you know, the nose looked moist and everything. I was right on top of it. Wow. I, I, I don't know. I have seen um, in the woods on on two different occasions a uh, a coyote that has mange. Yeah. And although they can be very odd and not look like a coyote, look like some kind of an alien, this to me was not in any way anything associated with uh, a coyote that had mange or any kind of uh, an animal that, that had it. Like I said, the, the coat was was healthy looking and short, and the whole the animal overall was healthy looking to me, and the way he moved. There's no way he, he could have had something wrong with him and ran yeah. as fast as it did. Now, you indicated that you, you felt, you know, like when you first saw it, you felt it, it looked like a, a had the face of a goat. When you when you yes. got closer, when you were at that point where you were six feet away from it, um, was was that still uh, is that still your best assessment of what the face looked like or or that? That is the still still the best assessment of the face, and I say that because there wasn't much slope between the forehead and the eyes. It kind of maintained kind of a flat, like a flatter slope between the the forehead, the top of the head, and the nose, and um, the eyes were kind of on the sides of the head, um, you know, more like a kind of like a goat would look. But the ears didn't line up with a goat at all. The ears were were tall and pointy. That's so strange. Yeah, it it was a it was an odd one. And and what did you say again uh, as far as the the amount of time that had passed between your daughter's sighting and yours? 
I I was thinking back because I can remember what car that I was driving, and I think it was about uh, 2010 when I saw this animal, and my daughter saw this animal, uh, you know, four months ago. Oh, wow. Man, I, I don't even know what to do with that, to be honest with you. I, uh, I, I've not heard of I, anybody else, uh, you know, talk about having seen something like that. Yeah, I, it's, uh, I have not either. <laughs> I don't, like I said, I have scratched my head many times going, what the heck did I see that day? And I've even questioned myself, but my memory is very vivid and clear on, on what I saw. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certain that I saw something that I have never seen before or since. Now, I have to ask you, uh, there is a, there is a photograph that, uh, it's, it's black and white. I don't know if it was, a, I assume it was probably a trail cam, um, and I think I think that this picture has has made the rounds as both Chupacabra and um, also as the the Leeds uh, the Leeds monster or the the Jersey Devil, and uh, it, it it does have a a goatish looking face, but then again, on its shoulders, it almost appears that it has some kind of a feathered appendage (laughs) that would be like i suppose a wing or something um but but the face in particular uh strikes me uh, from memory as being something that's very similar to what you're talking about um i mean there's not much mistaking a a goat's face you know, they're, no. they're, they're a very distinctive looking creature. So yes. to confuse a fox or a, uh, a small, small wolf or, or a, any kind of a canine, um, I don't think, I don't think one would be prone to make that mistake. No, I don't, I wouldn't, um, and, and I still don't, I, I, I never thought that I saw some kind of a canine when I saw this thing. Um, I never thought, I, n- I never left thinking that was a, some kind of a dog, you know? Yeah. No, it, it was, like I said, in my best recollection, if I had to, if I had to just put my foot down and say, this is what I saw. I saw a hybrid goat deer type animal. Um, and that's, yeah, that's about all I can go. And like I said, it did, there were no vocalizations. There's no smell that I can remember. Um, but I just remember that it was it was very very uh, agile, quick side to side. Because when I kind of went to grab it the first time and it bounded away from me, um, it bounded away from me not in a forward direction. It bounded away from me sideways, right? And I yeah. was like, Whoa, that was you know that was that was quick. And then I made a lunging move toward it again, and that's when it when it ran and it, and it was gone and. <laughs> seconds kudos to you man you got balls of steel i don't think i would have been trying to grab something in the wild like that yeah but you you know when eric honestly i think if you would have seen this thing the way i did there was nothing about it that was scary looking i got you you know i mean it was it It wasn't it wasn't posturing it wasn't looking like it was going to attack or 
taking a defensive no. posture against you. It was arguably cute. You know, yeah. I mean, it looked like a, it looked like a, like a baby goat kind of deer looking thing, you know, very, yeah. Huh. I, I wish I could, I wish I had a picture or I wish I would have, you know, cell phones were as prevalent uh, then as they are now. Yeah. I would have had a video of them probably, but um, you say have, your, your daughter's, your daughter's uh, sighting was in February. Is that right? That's correct. And what, what time of uh, year was yours? Mine was uh, in the, I would say early summer, like about now, okay. um, because it was hot. It was it was uh, it was late enough in the season that the grass was was um, growing and it was green, but it wasn't you know waist high yet. Yeah. So I would say I, I would say you know uh, late spring, early summer, probably. I'd be really interested to get a uh, a DNR officer's. Uh assessment of your description uh, i wonder if there's anything uh, that would line up with i would love to hear that if there's any other reports of anything like that well i just find yeah, it, I, I find it weird that you know i mean chupacabra is not something you typically hear about in michigan you know that's usually uh, in the southwest and yeah you know, when you brought and, when you brought that up it rang a bell with me Having having read a couple of articles about the Ann Arbor area and and Ypsilanti, and I want to say both of those articles, if I remember right, I want to say both of those articles were from 2010, which huh. is odd because you're saying that your sighting was 2010 as well. Yeah, that is about the time. Uh well, that's, that's I, I tell you what, I'm, I, I am, uh, I'm, I'm with you the whole way. If you want to get somebody else involved and we can have a discussion and I can share what I saw and if they want to, if they hear anything, I'm, I'm open to it because I would like to know more if I could. Well, I know, I know a, D, a retired DNR officer, uh, down here and, uh, he, he actually was in Michigan, uh, during his service. So, um, I'm, I'm going to reach out to him and, and see if that sounds uh, even remotely familiar to him. Now, oddly enough, you know, we met at a, a Bigfoot conference in May. Um, so I, I have to assume that the, your, your being there was not based on this, this potential other cryptid that you saw. Um, have you had any other unusual experiences out in the woods or I, I absolutely have not. And, um, I was at the Bigfoot conference. My, my dad is a Bigfoot believer mm -hmm. and he, um, sent me the flyer for the Bigfoot conference that he saw somewhere. And my daughter got him, bought his admission into the Bigfoot conference for, his birthday oh, nice. and we, and we accompanied him. So that, that's why we were there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Well, Tim, I want to thank you for this. Uh, it, it's a very, it's a very unusual sighting. Um, like I said, I'm going to reach out to a DNR officer and I would be more than happy to talk with your daughter about what she saw. So if you could, uh, if you could facilitate that, um, 
that that would be wonderful. And, I, and I'll, uh, I'll, she, I'll hold off on releasing your episode until I get her recording, and then I'll just I'll I'll edit them together so that uh, it's both of you at the same in the same show. Yeah, certainly. And I I already mentioned to her that um, I had the foresight that you were probably going to want to talk to her as well. <laughs> and I mentioned it to her, and she said, um, absolutely. So I will I will get that connection happening and. Um, we'll go from there. All right. Well, you guys right. have a safe trip wherever you're headed. Be safe. Um, again, thank you for accommodating me with the change of schedule. And it was a pleasure meeting you back last month. Yeah, no worries. Thank you, Eric. And uh, we'll stay in contact. Bye-bye. All right. Now we're going to switch gears and we are going to hear from Tim's daughter, Allie, uh, who had a similar sighting and uh if if i do recall what your dad said it was uh quite a bit of difference in time from uh, from his sighting yeah. so if you would um just go ahead and get into it tell us the circumstances and you know be descriptive as far as uh, what time of year and and what the the circumstances were when you saw this thing yeah, absolutely. Um, so it was this year around like February, March time. So it was still pretty cold out. Um, and it was around 9 p.m. I was leaving my parents' house. Uh, and I was driving down the road by, there's a Christmas tree farm not too far from their road. And not too far from where my dad saw his, whatever he saw and ran into. Um, so basically I thought it was a dog. And so I slowed down. It was in some trash cans that were on the left side of the road. And so I slowed down, um, thinking if it was a dog, I definitely didn't want to hit it. So slowed down and it ran across the road. So from the left to the right side of the road into that Christmas tree farm. And I tried to stop and watch it, but it just absolutely disappeared after it got in there. It was still, it was pretty dark at that point, but it was like a, like, I want to say like a beigeous white tannish color. It had like a pretty barreled chest and like a sloped face. The back legs had like sort of, I want to say like knees, almost like what like kangaroo legs are kind of like, oh, yeah. um, it had like a long tail and really long skinny legs. It was pretty, it was very tall. Um, and the hair was, was short. Um, and I honestly, it was running. So I didn't see any ears. It could have had some ears that were like pushed down, but definitely not anything too huge. Um, but all I remember is sitting there, I had stopped in the road. Cause I was like, what did I just see? And I texted my family and I was like, I'm pretty sure I just saw a chupacabra run across the road. <laughs> and my dad called me after that and he was like, dude, what did you see? And I told him and he was like, you would not believe the story that I have. And that's when he, I had never heard the story before. And that's when he told me the story that uh, you guys just heard. Mm. And when he, when he described his, were you pretty much, that was spot on. Yeah, it was pretty spot on. The only difference I would say is he described it as being darker. But to be fair, I saw it at, like it was basically pitch black at that point and mm. it was running across the road. And, your lights and were from on what it. he saw, he got right up next to that thing. So I'm not sure. But I've I've been talking about it since then saying like there's got to be some sort of weird 
farm going on or something down the road. I don't know, but it was something <laughs> I've never seen before and can't can't really explain. What were the attributes of it? Uh, how did it move? Um, it moved pretty easily. I would say like it was like a. It wasn't really like a run, but it was more of like like a hop a hop run sort of like bunny legs in the back, but. And but you're, the you're, front legs were moving pretty normal, like like one after the other, if that makes sense. So, and you, I think you're, if I remember right, your dad was kind of saying the same thing that the um, as it took off through the the grass, it it kind of bound, leaped and bounded instead of running yeah. like what a canine would. Right, and I think what he saw was a little bit more bouncy than what I saw, but. It definitely wasn't like I've seen coyotes running and I've seen fox running and this was like different. It was a a more bouncy movement than it was like all legs going like opposite ways. Yeah. Like the back legs were always the same and like sort of it was definitely more bouncy if that makes sense. And a long tail? Yeah, it was a long tail. I would say probably like close to being able to, its legs were pretty long and it, it the tail could probably touch the ground if yeah. it was like straight down. Interesting. Well, like I was telling your dad, um, there's, there's been over the, over the years, there's been a couple of accounts in the Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti newspapers. Um, I think back to 2008 and I believe one was in 2012 um, where they had articles written about questioning whether or not the chupacabra was uh, was in Michigan, and man, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the one article did have two pictures in it, and to me, now I'm not a biologist or a wildlife specialist, um, but the two pictures in that article looked very sickly. Um, it looked like, oh, okay. it looked to me like a, uh, possibly a, a, a red fox who had lost a, a little lot of mangy its, or something. Yep, a little mangy, um, malnutrition and, uh, you know, possibly its coat was not as vibrant as it should be had it been nourished, you know, the right, way, right. the way it should be. Um, now you said your, your dad's. Your dad's description, it was uh, a bit darker than what you saw? Right. Like he said, like close, I believe he said it was close to like like a deer, like a white-tailed deer, like mm -hmm. a brown. And what I saw was lighter than that. Like I would say like closer to a beige than a brown. Well, not to to poo-poo on anybody's uh, thoughts of the chupacabra being in Michigan, but from what you guys have both described, and, and I sent you several pictures, mm -hmm. um, the one that you, <clears throat> the one that you seem to think fits best is, is a maned wolf. Yeah. But the maned wolf has some, pretty considerable considerable ears on it they're they're pretty sizable right. they they stand up uh quite a bit now i don't know if while they're under under motion if they're under you know while they're running or trotting along 
I don't know if uh, they do like some dogs do where their ears go down and go up. And, you know, I would assume right, that they're, yeah. they're very similar. Um, perhaps they were lowered at the time that you saw it and, and, and raised up when your when your dad saw it. But, um, you it know, definitely could have been too. Cause it was at the time when I saw it, I mean, it was moving pretty fast. Um, and also it was dark out. So I didn't really see it in a more relaxed state. It was trying to get away. Mm-hmm. Now, have you, have you talked to anybody else uh, that is, uh, has seen any of these or run into any other reports? I of not. No, I've told my friends about it. Nobody, but one of only one of them's grown up around that area and she's never seen anything, but so far just my dad. Yeah. Well, and, you know, when you start getting into what should be around that area, what's nature uh, native to that that area, mm-hmm. um, the bobcat is the only thing, color-wise, and you know, a quadruped with tail um, that that should be in that area. But that being said, yeah. that being said, uh, Michigan has had in in the past some very loose exotic animal laws. And yeah, that's what you were saying. So and I really, not to discredit it, but I really don't think it was a bobcat. I've seen a bobcat before, not around here, but like up in the northern part. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. Well, it just doesn't hmm. it doesn't quite match that. Bobcats don't really have very long legs. I mean, they look uh, they right. look proportionate to what you would expect when you look at a house cat. You know, I mean, they're right, right. they're a larger animal, but proportionately the, and I think the that's legs. the biggest that's the biggest thing too I think is that if those the, whatever I saw its legs were like oddly like oddly long mm-hmm. and I sent you a picture of a hyena and you discounted that you said that 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 wasn't it um no no it was definitely not a hyena it didn't have as much of like a slope that a hyena does mm-hmm. from the front to back and the main wolf does have some very long limbs. It's a tall animal. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think that's why that's what looks closest is it looks like is it's those really long legs and it has more of like the barreled chest that slopes really far up where the abdomen is. You know, now the description for a maned wolf, is, it describes it as having uh, fur on it that is, or hair on it that is, Anywhere from three and a half to four inches long, um, and you, which is much longer than what what I saw. Oh, really? Three and a half. I mean, the tail—it's the tail length, the fur on the tail length—that throws me off. I mean, say that it lost fur, it definitely could have been. Well, what, when you're looking at this picture of the maned wolf its tail comes down two thirds of the way down its hind legs. And you yeah. said that you said that this thing had a tail that probably, probably reached the ground. Right. Like if you could take the tail that's on that first picture you sent me mm-hmm. and put it on the second one. Yeah. It would, that would be more similar. Interesting. Interesting. Well, you guys yeah. on that side of the state, you guys have had over the years, you've had some very, uh, 
some very interesting things that have been loose in the in the wild out there. Um, a few years ago, there was a, a hippo that had been uh, either escaped or released. And uh, then also several reports of the main wolf, African several cats, serval, I'm sorry, serval cats. Serval cats, um, yeah. And I think the reports, there's been three of them that have been caught uh, over the last five years. And then uh, another one that is the African caracal, which is a cat. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was one of those loose last fall. But that is distinctly, distinctly a cat. I mean, it looks yeah. much more like a bobcat or a um, mountain lion or a or cougar. Right, you know, something like its, that. In its shape. So, Well, I'm guessing that what you guys saw, and uh, supposedly there's some uh, pretty heavy-duty wolf breeders on, on that side of the state. So I don't know if they're doing some, oh. uh, some uh, crossbreeding. Or if, so, yeah, something weird going on. Or if somebody had this in their uh, their private collection and, and either decided that it yeah, was that getting to be too much something. or uh, it, it got out accidentally. Um, so I think, I think it's safe to say that uh, you guys were not in the presence of, uh, of this cryptid, the uh, uh, El Chupacabra. Um, then again, you guys should not have been in the area of uh, a manned wolf either. So right, interesting stuff. I uh, I want to thank you for adding your two cents to uh, your dad's story. And oh uh, yeah, of course. I hope that uh, if you if you run into any more of these uh, oddities while you're out, you'll contact me and and let me know about it. Oh, I will. I'm definitely uh, rubbernecking every time I go past where I saw it. I've been hoping maybe I'll see it again, but I've not had much luck yet. All right, dear. Have you? Uh, well, I've got you on the line. Have you? Uh, have you experienced any other odd things in your uh, in your years? Uh, whether it be uh, odd sounds out in the woods or any kind I'm of not ghost, sure ghostly how... apparitions or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not sure how much your, my dad got into it, but we um, we have had an experience with a Ouija board, and we have had a, an experience out in the woods over in the Clarkson area with one of his buddies that is, um, I mean, clairvoyant, I guess. I don't know. He performs, like, seances and stuff like that. So do those you, are two good ones. I don't do know you, how much. Do I don't know have, if he went into that. Do you have time? Would you mind telling me about them? Oh, not at all. I wouldn't mind. Well, have at it. So the the Ouija board story, I think, is is easily somebody could easily say that it wasn't what it was. But down the road from where my parents live, there's a house that ever since we were little, my little sister and I always said there was it. So everybody know it's been abandoned for years and somebody actually just moved into it about four years ago. But when we were little, my sister and I always said there was an old woman that lived there 
And my dad thought we meant the neighbor, but it was, no, it was definitely this house that's on the corner. And so when I turned about 16, I was, you know, into scary movies and all that. And weirdly asked for a Ouija board for my birthday. (laughs) And, and I got one. And so I wanted to take it down to this house down the road. And my dad told his buddy, Sam, um, who has this sixth sense and he brought Sam along and Sam sort of was walking around the outside of this house. We didn't want to go inside or anything. Um, and Sam was like, I definitely think there's something here, but we'll see if we can get anything. So we set the Ouija board up, followed all his, his rules that he had. Like we had to say some sort of prayer and light a white candle and all that fun stuff. Um, and we started asking questions and I did my research before I had worked at the library when I was 16 and would do some research on who lived there and stuff like that. And there was an old woman that lived there that had died. Her name was Catherine. Uh, I can't remember her last name, but her name was Catherine something that had a G in it. But when we were there, Sam started and the planchette started moving and we were all like, all right, Sam, like, that's really funny. (laughs) And he was like, it's not me. And he's like, I'll even show you. I'll take my hands off. And he like announced, I'm going to take my hands off now, but we're going to keep talking. And so it was me and my little sister and my dad and my mom. Oh yeah. It was a whole, it was a whole family adventure. Um, and so we kept asking questions and we basically was like, is anybody here? And it would go to yes. Um, do you mind talking to us? And it would go to no. And then we would ask, how long have you been here? And it went to some numbers. I can't remember the numbers, but then I asked what your name is. And when I asked what your name is, and I hadn't told anybody about my research that I had done on who lived there because at the time I was pretty serious about this ghost hunting stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if I tell my dad, he's, so he's a pretty goofy dude. I was like, he's for sure going to mess with me. (laughs) So I kept it pretty low key. And I, we asked what the name was and it went to, to K and then it went to A and then it went to V, but then it quickly went to T after the V. And we're like sitting there and I was like, um, do you mean Catherine? And then that thing zoomed over to the yes. And when I say it like moved on the board, it wasn't moving. It was like, seriously, like it was off the board, like sliding. No and me way. and Claire, me, yeah, it was the, my, my, I have goosebumps like talking about it. But my little sister and I were like, all right, mom and dad, like, this is really funny. Like, you guys are just trying to freak us out. And so they took their hands off of it. And it was just me and my little sister. And we kept asking questions. And this thing kept gliding across the board. And we're like, all right. Oh, we were both like, all right, I've got enough of this. And so we, like, said the goodbyes. Um, and... Claire and I both swear on our lives and I swear on my life. I was not moving that thing. And she said she wasn't either to this day. And it's been years. So I'm hoping if she was messing with me that by now she, yeah, she would have disclosed that. Sure. Um, but now ever since we go over to that house. So my dad's friend, Sam went to one of the open basement doors. Like I said, this house was abandoned. So kids would mess around in there all the time and we'll 
like the cellar door was wide open and Sam went over there and he was going to go inside, but he said that there was, he was getting a really bad feeling about it. And so he stood outside and he tried to like, you know, release the spirit, but he said it didn't work. And we, and then the next year somebody bought the house and we haven't been able to go back over there, but man, I can't help but feel that that guy's living in like a really haunted house. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really the end of that story. You know, and, I keep I mean, wanting to go back, but just, I mean, as far as validation for yourself, you were the only, you were the only one who knew the name Catherine, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I had done the research at, at our local library beforehand. And like I said, I, I mean, my family plays jokes on each other, you know? And so I was pretty serious about it. And I was like, this is going to be just something that I know, something that I can use like to validate it, I guess for me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, yeah. That one was pretty, pretty wild. Any, any kind of after effects uh, after having done that, anything that transpired? Um, no, no, not really. I have had a couple, I mean, this could be unrelated, but I did start lucid dreaming after that, but I don't know. There are some, I think that might've been more stress related than anything. <laughs> lucid dreaming is, that's a, that's a bizarre one. That is, yeah, you, yeah, you, it is. you definitely wake up not knowing the difference between reality and what was going yeah. on in your head? There is, there is this one time that I had this lucid dream. Well, so it started out as like a nightmare where this like guy came out. I was like in a basement somewhere sleeping and this guy like came out of like a curtain and got really close and was like almost touching me. And then I woke up and then the next day it was a lucid dream and it was stand, it was the same guy standing at my bedroom door. And then he started reaching out and almost got to me, but didn't. And then the third night, it was like the most real lucid dream I've ever had. And whatever it was had climbed up like from my door onto my ceiling and was at like the corner of my bed and mm. was like almost to me right when I woke up. It was crazy. And I had to, well, I saged my room after that and <laughs> I never had another dream like that. <laughs> yeah. No bueno. <laughs> no, that one was not. That one was not great. <laughs> you know that now they say they they say that uh, if if you're lucid dreaming, you are the majority of the way there from being able to astral project. Oh yeah, yeah. I had asked the the my dad's friend Sam that came with us that does the seances and stuff. I had talked to him about those dreams afterwards. Mm -hmm. And he told me that he thought it was someone trying to reach out and that next time it happened that I had like a lucid dream that I should ask what you want. And I had, I've had one more lucid dream since then. Um, and like an old woman came and sat at the end of my bed and like put her hand on my knee and she was like just staring at me. And so I, I mean, I don't know if I said it in like sleep talking or if in real life, but I asked like, like, can I do something for you? And she said, you need to check on your little sister. And I was like, 
woke up immediately and I was like panicked. And so I texted my little sister at like two in the morning. She was away at college at the time. And she texted me back right away. And she was like, dude, no, I've been up all night. Like I'm just stressed and I hate it here. And she ended up moving home from college. I was like stressed out. Maybe it was Catherine. It might've been, it, it was definitely someone that wanted me to check on her. And that one was real weird because because something actually like came of it. Yeah. Interesting. Now you said you had some stuff go on in the woods. Uh, yeah. And this one, I would say you should for sure talk to my dad about, we went out. So this is again in our, us trying to find a ghost and I'll be clear that we went everywhere. Like there was like a whole year where we were going somewhere like every week so and you guys were nothing, you were actively seeking out yeah interaction yeah and nothing ever happened we weren't trying like I think all of us were sort of after that Ouija experience we were all like like we really need something else to happen to mm-hmm. sort of like solidify that this is like a real thing that is there right and so we went out to these woods and we had been walking around for like an hour and we were basically saying. Like, you know, I don't think anything is there. And so we turned a corner and we were starting to head back. And my dad's friend, Sam, said, I don't know, I've been feeling something like this whole time. Let's just keep walking around. And so we kept walking around and went a little bit further, mostly because Sam is not a person to go hiking around in the woods. So if he was like, maybe we should keep checking it out, we were all like, all right, yeah, something must be a little bit strange out here. And so we went a little bit further and my dad had said that a stick, like it didn't like fly in front of his face. He said it was perfectly vertical and it just like went across his field of vision and then dropped right next to him. Like it wasn't like a throw. He said it was eye level and then just dropped. Hmm. And as soon as he said that, Sam looked over at him because my dad kind of freaked out about it. He was like, oh my God, did you guys see that? And we all like turned around like, no, what? And Sam was like, Tim, I see something. It's, I see the orb, like it's right next to you. And my dad's like, all right, buddy, like whatever. And Sam's like, no, no, I'm serious. Like I'm not messing with you guys. And so he had us keep following whatever he saw. None of us saw anything, but he said that it was like how he explained it was just like a really light little ball of something of energy or whatever he sees. And it was sort of like bouncing around the woods near us. Mm. And so Sam started like wandering by himself, trying to like get closer to it. And then he said that it was on my dad's shoulder. And my dad was like, what? Like, I don't feel anything, dude. And he had my mom come over to him and put her hand near his shoulder where it was and he was like all right so mary you just need to like move your hand up and down but don't touch him and so claire and i are sitting there watching this and my mom is moving her hand and you could see her fingers are sort of moving and my dad goes mary he said not to touch me and she goes i'm not and he said that he could feel the pressure like where her hand was as she moved it but she never once touched him. And Sam was like, yeah, that is the energy. Like it's literally like latched onto you right now. 
And then as my mom was doing that, Sam was like, it just went over to Mary. And Claire and I are standing back there like, these people are losing their minds because <laughs> we don't see anything like we're not feeling anything but there Sam's like it just jumped and my mom's like I can feel it and it was just super strange and so Sam had Claire walk over and start feeling and then had me feel my mom's back where it was and it was like normal 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 and then all of a sudden you hit this like spot where the air felt wavy if that's the best way I can explain it like like there were vibrations in the air yes yeah like like almost if you were touching like moving water but like it's the air and like you could feel the pressure like on your hand like moving and it was just the strangest thing and as I put my hand on there Sam said okay Allie it went over to you and he said but this time it's by your knees And I was standing and it felt like something was trying to push my knees over. Like you could like look down and my knee, my left knee was shaking. Like I was trying to keep it straight so much. And Sam was like, I wonder what would happen if you like stopped trying to stand up. And I was like, I'm definitely going to like, I'm definitely going to fall. I was like, I can feel something like pushing on me. It looked, felt like somebody's hand was like buckling my knee in. And he was like, just try it and see. And so I stopped holding my knee up and I seriously did fall forward. Really? And we were all like, what in the heck just happened? And that was really the end of it. Like that happened. And then Sam like went to the side and sort of like talked for a little bit. And he said like this, this person's like, doesn't seem to be distressed or anything. Like they're pretty at peace. So we're just going to leave them be. And we left and I have no idea how to explain that. It was just the strangest. It was more strange to me than the Ouija board because it was like something was touching you, but you couldn't see anything. And with Sam's gifts, he was able to determine that it was the spirit of somebody who had passed. Yep. Yep. And Sam's story is when he was about nine, his brother had died from, uh, a pretty bad disease, and Sam also has a similar, a similar sort of thing. Um, I can't remember exactly what it's called. Hang on, I gotta take the dog outside. But it's one of the. It's like if he gets cut, like it's really severe. Like he bleeds really easily, and his joints are really sort of weird. And he said when his brother died, that his brother started like visiting him at their house. And he kept telling his parents. And then ever since then, he said, instead of like being scared by his brother, he started talking to him. And he said, ever since then, it sort of like opened something up. And like, he just started like seeing more and more and being able to speak to like more and more of these spirits, I guess. Wow. Have you ever talked to anybody that's been around Sam? I mean, other than, other than your family that has experienced him being able to do these things as well? Um, I have not, but I know my dad has spoken to a few people um, that are friends with Sam Mm -hmm. because he worked with him and he's, I mean, he's pretty close with Sam and talks to him a lot. And I've really only spoken to Sam like through these situations or if I've had like a weird experience or something, I'll text him and ask him about it. Interesting. 
have no doubt. You know, there are, there are so many things that we have no, no classification for. We, we simply oh, absolutely, yeah. do not understand it. And I do believe there are people that do have a, a window as it were into, yeah. into, I believe every word that Sam, I mean, he had gone through all those adventures with us and trekked through the woods and he could have said so many times, like, there's something here just to get us to go back to the car because mm-hmm. we're walking around the woods in the dead of winter <laughs> and never did. Interesting stuff. Did I lose yeah. you? Oh, sorry. I no, 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 sorry. I was just, like, thinking back. Yeah. No, it was definitely some weird, some weird stuff that I still can't, cannot explain. Well, thank you so much for sharing those with us. Yeah, of course. A little bit more, uh, probably a little bit more uh, interesting than uh, than the the wild animal you saw. Yeah, I was surprised when my dad told me that that's what he wanted to talk to you guys about. I was actually a little bit surprised. I was like, of all the ghost stories that we have, <laughs> and that's the one. But, uh, Maybe he just assumed since we were at a Bigfoot conference. That, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I think that was probably part of it. Popped popped into his head that it could have been a cryptid, but uh, well, thankfully um, he brought you up as having seen it too, and um, I thoroughly enjoyed hearing your experiences <laughs> uh, beyond that event. I'm happy to share them. You know, I mean, they were weird, so I feel like the more I tell people them, the more I can sort of process that that was something that happened. When? How long ago was the last time you had any kind of experience like that? Um, I think that Woods was about four years ago, and then the Ouija board was probably six and a half, seven years ago. But nothing ongoing for yourself? Um, nope, I still have, I mean, ever since that Ouija, I still have lucid dreams probably like once a month or so, but like nothing scary anymore. Yeah. And you, you gave up on your uh, pursuit of the paranormal? Um, yes, but not as enthusiastically as I think I I was at one point. Yeah. Life tends to get in the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, though, because that was, a, I mean, that was pretty fun going out and doing all those. And just, I don't know, the hope of, of something, hap- something weird happening. Allie? Thanks so much. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, sorry I bothered you while you were on your vacation, your campy trip. Uh, I was oh, no, aware. no, you're fine. But uh, thanks for getting back with me and, of and course, going over this. thanks for having me. I will let you and your dad know when this air is going to air. And I will awesome. get you a link to it at that time. Sounds good. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks Eric. for listening to us. No problem. Thank you. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter. 
all at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.